Hey everybody, it's Damara West. I am founder of Be Well Beautiful Woman. Our work is all about helping female leaders and entrepreneurs to prioritize their wellness so that they can live joyous, abundant lives while helping you on your business journey. I have a treat for you today on our podcast. We're going to be talking to the founders of the It's Creative label. I'll be introducing them in just a minute. And before I do that, though, I just want to share my gratitude for you listening into our podcast. It's one of the ways that we connect with you in a deep, intentional way. We bring you 15 minutes to 60 minutes of extended episodes so that you can listen to us on your way to work, in your kitchen when you're cooking, and any time that it is convenient for you, ultimately. So if you haven't heard about Be Well, Beautiful Woman, like I said, our work is all about supporting female leaders and entrepreneurs. We do that a lot of different ways, like through this podcast, um, like through our e-news that goes out once a week. We have all these virtual offerings. For example, we have a Healing into Power series that is just for Black people. Um, so that's for Black women, for Black men, one of the few times that we're serving Black men and non-gender conforming individuals. We're going to have 13 workshops from amazing speakers from all walks of life. Um, Ten of us are actually on the lineup to talk about all things related to Black. So from generational wealth to ancestral trauma to the lived experience of trauma to the power of our votes, the power of our dollar. So you're definitely going to want to check that out. And that's totally free. So you can attend one session or all 13. So without further ado, I want to go ahead and I want to turn it over to these beautiful women that I have had some time to talk with. They're doing really amazing work and we're going to be talking about their platform and how you can stay in touch with them in a little while. So the creative label um, is was started by two phenomenal women, um, Aisha Marshall and Des Dickerson. And Aisha is the VP branding and digital marketing um, professional with the brand. And creativity and Aisha go hand in hand. Having worked in creative development and its impacts on digital strategy, she has adopted a special niche for finding the most unique visuals for clients. Aisha is an Arizona State alumni having a BA in journalism and mass communication and Juris Doctorate from ASU's Sandra Day O'Connor College of Law. Aisha was also a former ASU spirit leader and she still enjoys dancing in her free time. So Des Dickerson, she is the VP of Public Public relations and digital marketing for the brand. Des has an eye and a passion for production. She has worked behind the scenes of major TV shows and networks such as the Dr. Phil Show, Lifetime, HGTV, and YouTube. Des knows what is visually appealing to an audience. This is why creating successful marketing campaigns and visually appealing digital content is her forte. Podcast and video production is her niche, and she loves being able to bring a client's vision into an audio-visual visual reality. When Des isn't working behind the scenes, she loves kickboxing and photography. I love it. I'm all about that kickboxing life, and uh, I do a little dabbling of photography on the side, too. Ladies, thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate you. Yeah, Hi, we're so excited to be here. Yeah, yeah. All right. So we're going to dive right in because we have some juicy things that we're going to be covering today, starting with um, just the story behind the brand. You know, Dads, your background involves working in production for major TV shows, as I talked about, uh, such as Dr. Phil and Lifetime, and you've always had a special eye for design and creative development, Aisha. So how did you know that collaborating was the right move for you? Um, a lot of people ask us this because usually I feel like, uh, the number one, one of the number one business advice that people say is like, don't go into business with your friends. Um, 
I think that, you know, Des and I have the same goals and aspirations and the same lifestyle. Uh, we were both, my now husband um, and Des's partner, were professional athletes um, slash are. And what comes with that lifestyle is l- moving all over. And that's not the lifestyle that you see on TV where, you know, with jillion dollars in your bank account and like you can you can afford the spend that you know comes with moving everywhere that's not the life of every um partner or spouse of an athlete so we are very ambitious women and knew that we wanted something of our own but it's difficult when you're living a gypsy life to like plant roots anywhere and d- develop a career so yeah. because all of those things were in line with the both of us and aligned with our goals and where we seen ourselves it was kind of a no-brainer in addition to our history, but um, it was kind of a no-brainer. So that's, that is where I knew um, that it would be great for us to go into business together. Yeah, that's beautiful. And just from following you, you've built a massive brand. You're working with some dynamic clients. And I love this idea that you have debunked the notion that friends cannot work together, right? That you can't have a solid partnership. Um, you, it sounds like you had a sense that there was enough overlap, there was enough synergy, there was enough trust that you guys would just figure it out. And you have, and you've done it really beautifully. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. So, you know, I know that since you started your work and more so right now, based on the times, um, representation has been really a focal point of your work. I I believe that when we spoke, um, 92% of your workforce identifies as people of color and maybe more specifically black. And um, so I'm really curious about why representation and branding is so important for women um, from all walks of life. Yeah, um, you know, that representation, especially in today's climate, right, like we're really learning and other people besides black people are learning how important representation really is. Um, And Aisha and I are both journalism students. Um, Again, like you said, my background is in production and media. Um, And our one of our mission statements such core values part of our core values is that education is really really important um and so we want to educate people you know like we do we do speaking engagements and things like that but we also want to educate people through content so the more we start seeing diversity representation people of color in media in marketing on social media in public relations in relations press articles and things like that the more we'll start to normalize equality mm-hmm. <laughs> um, So it's really, really important that we have our clients who are pretty much 95% white um, practice this form of representation in their content so that it becomes normal. It becomes normal where a black woman is seen on the cover of magazines and we're not celebrating somebody for being the first black woman to be X, Y, and Z or whatever that might be. Or, you know, black representation in certain events that you're, you're having or products that you're advertising. We need that. Our community needs that. Yeah, yeah. So I I really appreciate what you're saying about, you know, normalizing equality. And um, I've never heard someone frame representation in that way. And even though I'm sure that we were alluding to that, right, it's just a really powerful thing to think about, where by representation equals normalizing equality. And, you know, I have a follow up question just about what you said, 95% of your clients are white, and yet your platform, you're really pushing um, a lot 
of things around representation. You're doing work in the Black Lives Matter space. And so I'm really curious about the courage that it has taken for you guys to step into this space in spite of the fact that 95% of your clients are white, because I know many people are afraid to go there, particularly if their client base looks so different than how they look. Yeah, yeah that's a great question. question. Um, and I think what's, what we, I don't want to say fell into it, but we were put in situations where we needed to evaluate um, whether or not you know, a white clientele is a make or break for us. And that's not to say that it was a question. That's just to say that, you know, we had a client before um, an app, a Silicon Valley app that was a startup doing like big things in their respective space. And we were doing a content shoot for them. We were managing their social media and their marketing efforts. And so we were taking content for them of, you know, people using their app. And because representation is important to us, um, it, and normalize for us with respect to how we pull models and things for shoots. There were some people of color, black people in the shoot. It wasn't solely black. Um, it wasn't solely one color or another. It was just an adequate representation of the possible people that would be using the app. It was targeted at, it was targeted at business owners. So um, when we delivered the photos, uh, the client, gave me a call or sent me an email and said they weren't happy with them and they would like to talk on the phone. And our process is, you know, everything gets approved before we do anything. Um, everything gets approved before it's published. And so they, uh, the client approves the mood board, they approve the shot list, they approve, you know, the types of people that we're using in the, um, in the shoot. The one variable that was uh, not controlled were the, um, model like the particular models that were at the workplace that we were shooting so we knew the companies that we were shooting but we didn't know what what type of people would be in that building in that day that would allow us to shoot because they were customers and so uh, we delivered the photos and the client said they weren't happy because or no they asked why are there so many black people in these shots and I was, mind you, I, I'm a black woman. I met this client in real life. So she knows, so she knows I'm black. Um, and I was just quiet for a little bit because that like took me so yeah, off. It threw you guard. off. Absolutely. Yeah. As it would probably anyone. And you had, to, was, you had to hold your composure. I, yeah. I know. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know how your mind moves so quickly when you're thinking about things like, am I willing to lose a client? How do I go about this? What do I say? Did she not approve? Like, you know, everything is just going like through my head and I'm just still quiet. And you know, like the pregnant pause, like it, it forces that other person to speak. And so then she says, you know, our target is business owners, as if I, as if I didn't know, as if black people are not business owners. Mm. Uh, and I said, and as if we're not growing actually at a faster rate than any other business owners, right? Thank so, you. Right. Yes, yes. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and I told her, funny enough, you know, the business that we shot at, those black people own the business. Mm. And she was like, well, that's not, that's not what I mean. I'm just saying, um, I don't know that that's our target audience. And I said, well, this is an app for business owners, correct? And she said, yeah. And I said, okay, well, you know, black people own businesses. I, I own this business. Mm. And she was like, no, 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 actually, you know, the pictures are fine. Thank you. I'm so happy with every, like, once she knew that I knew what she was like saying, and she realized that I was like, 
up to speed with what she was indirectly or directly saying um that she was quote unquote fine with it or whatever else i mean the the aftermath of that is is neither here or there but instances like that made me and des have to confront the possibility of us losing a client or being a little bit more quiet about things or maybe not pulling black people for models because of our clients and we said you know what we'll be as loud as we want to be this is our business and um if they're not aligned with this as our core value, then they're just not a good fit for us. So because we're so loud about it and people know that about us and still hire us anyway, and know that we do great work anyway, it kind of gets, this was probably in our maybe year and a half, second year of business when this happened. Um, Now it's, if people are inquiring about our services, they know that about us already. And so we're not really dealing with those issues anymore. but early on, it really did, a few instances really did force us to make a decision on that and how we wanted to move forward. And if we were willing to lose a client over it, um, then, you know, so be it. Yeah. And, you know, and a lot of times what happens to people of color and, and particularly black people is that you, the society, we've been socialized to black it down, Right. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking about this scene in uh, Silver Linings Playbook where, you know, uh, Chris Tucker says to, um, I can't think of the main actor. I've seen this movie so many times, you know, you need to black it up. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, you know what the hell I mean. But oftentimes <laughs> we are told that in some shape or form that we have to, we have to minimize who we are, right? And there's a lot of truth to that because oftentimes when we are operating in the fullness of our identity, um, particularly our black identity, that can be disconcerting for many people. And so I love that you said that we care so much about our values and we're so clear about our values that we're willing to lose clients, which will actually create space for the clients that are just okay with us being who we are. And your business has flourished, Mm -hmm. right? And so when people show up, they're showing up because of your creative acumen and they're showing up knowing this is what they're coming, this this is what they're going to get. So they're, 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 those questions aren't even necessary. Those conversations aren't necessary anymore. It's just, it's, you're in your element and your clients are embracing that element. And I think the lesson in that is that oftentimes we will, we will receive what we put out in the world, right? It's, it's the law of attraction, essentially. And so if we, are, if we are operating less than who we are, then our experience are also going to mirror that less than who we are, right? It's gonna be affirmed in some way. And so by yeah. you holding on to your values and being steadfast, the spirit was just able to send you the right people right? Send you the right mm-hmm. clients, which has continued to expand. And so, and, and maybe you did lose some clients along the way, May, you know, maybe you didn't, but the fact that you said, this is so important to me that we're going to stay anchored in this. And it doesn't matter what the price that we pay, because we know that we can do this work and we can do it well. And we have great pride in our identities as black women, women, and we're not going to hide from that, right? That's going to be integrated into our work. So I think that's really, really powerful. I think um, also, I think taking, it took us, I think by human nature, it took us a second to say, 
you know, oh, you know, we're entrepreneurs. So we think business, we think finances, we think money, we have a team to pay. Um, and we're like, okay, well, you know, we're taking a risk financially on letting some of these clients go. Um, and it was something that was really scary for me, but at the end of the day, I think it was scary for both of us. Um, but at the end of the day, we realized, and now we have comp the confidence to make these type of decisions because every single time we made a decision to let a client go because it was against our core values. And I'm talking about, we've had some really big accounts um, and we made a decision to let them go. We received more business times like 10. Wow. And I think that's God. I think that's, you know, that's sticking by what we truly believe in. Um, but we've never declined after having to make a decision that was the right decision morally. Mm, yes. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like what happened is, is that you received immense abundance, right? You, when mm -hmm. you decided this was right for us, then all, you know, flow happened from that space, right? Much more than what you may have been able to receive if you would have stayed in, and if you would have compromised, right? And a lot of times we're compromising and not realizing that the price that we're paying is not just not being able to show up in who we are, which is death. It's a death sentence for many. I, I've, I've talked to so many people who, you know, talk about this code switching that happens, which is very real, right? I go into my workplace and for 15 years, this is what I, who I've had to be and it's killed me inside um and whereas you decided that again you're you're gonna do it this way and you you flourished as a result so i think it's just a reminder for all of us that we it's important for us to move through our fears particularly if the values that we hold are truly our values in order for us to live those out out loud you know so Again, super, super powerful. All right. So what I've witnessed from getting to know your brand is that branding is most certainly your jam, right? You are in your element. You've done some amazing work. And so I'm curious for those listening um, that are, that are, that want to really elevate their brand. What are three no or low cost things that we can do right now to boost our brand? I would say, um, the first low cost thing would be evaluate your branding. Um, that's could potentially be no cost, but also low cost because you need to evaluate what's the message that you're sending visually and how are people receiving it? Because oftentimes people will think they're putting out one message and it's pe people are really receiving another. And um, in our first year of business, we were, slash still are really good at what we do, right? Um, creating brands for people with their messaging, their visuals, their marketing, and making sure that those visuals attract their ideal clientele. And we weren't doing the same for ourselves back then. And as a result, we were attracting low budget clients. And, and with that, sometimes comes a low budget attitude. <laughs> and um, it's not, wasn't really aligned with us and the type of agency that we were running. And so we had to take a look at ourselves and say, okay, what are we doing to attract this type of customer? And why are we attracting this type of customer? And once we did that, you know, uh, the rest started to flow. We started to attract the ideal customer that we wanted both in price point and in personality and in core values. Um, because you can have, you know, a customer that is at the right price point, but their work style, their respect level, their 
um, you know, particular moral values just aren't aligned with you and it makes it more difficult for that partnership to be successful. So that is low cost um, slash free of cost. Another low cost item would be, you know, building your brand uh, for that particular audience. So that would be your logo suite, making sure that you have a full logo suite. A lot of people just have one logo and oftentimes that doesn't work out for different spaces. So building out your logo suite, making sure that your color codes are all aligned. If you have like 45 different colors, chances are you might need to revisit your branding. Um, mm -hmm. Those are the two that I would say the rest um, takes kind of a lot of work. I would, I would go so far as to say it takes a lot of work and a little bit more of an investment, but at least figuring out and getting really clear on your messaging and your visuals, that's so important because everything else falls into place. Without a strong brand foundation, think of it like building a house. If you don't build a strong foundation, if your foundation is on sand, it's never going to end up working out in the long run and you'll end up paying double later to fix something that you could have done the right way the first time. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, this is so important because a lot of times when we're talking about marketing um, and attracting the right clients, we were thinking about uh, like the avatar, right? But I appreciate that you're taking it a step further and, and saying that, you know, when people see your brand, they see your website, they see your color scheme, it's sending a message about the value that you're putting out there before they even know the value of your work. Right. And so, I mean, even this idea around like a logo suite. Um, so I'm curious about what might someone need multiple logos for? Yeah, that's a great question. So you would need for different spaces, you need a different logo for different spaces. Not always does one logo fit every space. So for example, um, I always use this when we're talking with clients, think about Nordstrom and I'm just going to ask you, what is Nordstrom's logo? Oh, that's a good question. Whenever I think about Nordstrom, all I think about is the black, the backdrop, and mm -hmm. then the their their letters in white. That's mm -hmm. all I have. That's all I have in my mind. Yep. Yep. Exactly. That really long word, right? In white. Yes. Uh, with that really clear type font. So think about that in a social media icon. Would you put that really long ass logo in a little circle? No one no, would be able to see right. it. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And so if you go look at Nordstrom on social media right now they have an N there, but that N really isn't seen anywhere except for their social. It's not even the same font as their actual logo, the type font. And so that's an example of where it's not for me, at least their social media icon and their type logo don't have that much synergy. Um, and they don't have an emblem or something to fit in a social media icon. And so an emblem is a part of a logo that is so important. It's your logo in like bite-sized form or could even be like Nike, for example. You have Nike in writing and then the swoosh. The swoosh would be their emblem. And that fits beautifully in a social media icon. And without that, if you have a type logo, people often can't see, especially if it's a long name. And so having an emblem is important for things like social media. Um, for another portion of a logo would be um who has a double name let's just use nike for example nike you have their primary logo i would say is the type logo the word nike and then the swoosh sign together in one but a secondary logo could be just the nike sign by itself and then the emblem would be the swoosh 
So you have three different um, forms of the same logo to use in different spaces. Yeah, that's really, really helpful. Thank you for um, embellishing us because I'm assuming that a lot of our listeners wouldn't have known, right, what a mm-hmm. logo suite is. And so that's super helpful. Thank you. All right, so we're gonna, I want to get into some meat, um, particularly around this beautiful space that you created called Create and Cultivate which is a go-to platform for women creating and cultivating the career of their dream, which you have 651,000 followers. And these are not followers you bought. These are organic followers, which is major. So on this platform, you cover so many topics, including being an anti-racist ally in the corporate workplace um, and other, a lot of other topics. So why has it been important to do this work, to do it now, and especially during the Black Lives Matter movement, and how are people responding to you? Um, sorry, just want to chime in here. So Create and Cultivate is just a um, community. It's not created by us. We just oh. They're on uh, the Create and Cultivate website. Got it. Okay. Well, yep. thank you for clearing that up. I uh, So when I went there and I saw you guys were um, very present, I thought, okay, this must be part of their platform. And so I take that back. But anyway, you're, you're, <laughs> you're having a major mark, right? You, you, you take up a lot of space on this platform. Um, so it, it's a big deal. So, you know, when you create it, for example, this, um, this topic that you're covering, being an anti-racist ally in the corporate workplace and others, you know, what, why has it important to do this work, that work, any other work, um, particularly related to the Black Lives Matter movement? And yeah, I'm curious about how people are responding to that. Um, it's Creating Cultivate is um, another one of those businesses that we really identify with um, because they have honestly really focused on creating inclusion into their content. Um, so when the opportunity came for us to collaborate with them, it wasn't even a question. Um, and typically for the most part, we're open for all press and we've been doing a lot of press around this because we believe that education in this space is super important. And it's also very personal to us, right? Like we're two African-American business owners. So it's, it's very important to us to do these things, but create and cultivate was one of those opportunities that we really wanted to back. We knew that they had a large audience. Um, we're aligned with their marketing. We're aligned with their branding. Um, and it just made sense. And to be quite honest, there were a few other PR opportunities that came through for us and it didn't make sense because we don't, our core values weren't aligned. We questioned, you know, where they stood on supporting the black community and also allyship for the white community and other, and other people, you know, in, in that space. So um, we really focused on supporting and backing businesses and outlets um, that really want inclusion and that equality that we were talking about before and create and cultivate just like we couldn't say no. Yeah, yeah. So I love this, right? And even when you talk about partnering uh, and ensuring that there's alignment around values, because even though this seems like one-on-one, a lot of times we're not properly vetting our partners. And then when things go awry, we wonder why. Well, oftentimes because we haven't done our due diligence in the beginning, right? And so um, it helps us to say yes unequivocally to the things that feel aligned and for us to say no to the things that aren't. And so- That's really, really powerful. Uh, so how are people responding to the, you know, your work on that platform, things like being an anti-racist ally in the corporate workplace? You know, what are, what are people saying? What's the buzz? 
You know, we, we've had an amazing, incredible response. Um, and people are just, have been so open, so receptive, even the Create and Cultivate community. I think our post is probably has one of the highest engagements on there currently right now. I don't, I don't think it's ever, but on there right now, it's got some of the highest engagement. And, and I'm really proud of that because that means white people, particularly mostly because their community, you know, they are diverse, but I think if I could guess, they're probably mostly white. Mm -hmm. Um, and it just means with white people being so receptive and engaging and being willing to hear what we have to say, that means that we are in a place that we've never been in 400 years, um, where so many white people are willing to be allies, are willing to learn, are willing to be educated. Um, and they're open to it. They're excited about it. They want to know more. They just maybe don't know where to start. And so we've created content for where do we start with this? Where do you start? How, how do you support others and become an ally during this time and, and, and beyond this time? of when this is going to, is so prevalent. Yeah, it's so important. Uh, and um, I just uh, I really appreciate how you're leaning into this and how the community is leaning in and, you know, giving people practical resources, because you're right, this is unprecedented. I mean, white people have always showed up. I mean, whenever there's been, there's always been resistance, right, from the, from the very beginning. But that resistance has come from very small groups of people. And so this emergence that we're seeing in society where so many people are um, just, they're done. <laughs> you know, they are done with the way things have always been. And, and they're not only, not only are we holding them to a higher standard for this work, but they are also holding themselves to a higher standard. And so the fact that you're helping to create that bridge for people is so important. And I assume that when you look back over your work over the next five years, 10 years, um, it's going to make you feel that much better about the mark that you're leaving and how transformative this work is going to be for people. Yeah. So, all right. When we spoke, you shared that much of your workforce are people of color and that you had given them some time off to reset in the midst of the racial injustices that we witnessed from the death of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Amar Arbery, and so many others. Um, we know that self-care in general is important, but it becomes that much more urgent when we experience the trauma of racial oppression. So what more can and should business owners do to better support Black people, Black Indigenous people of color, and other people of color in the workplace? And what more should we do for ourselves? I would say understand, fully understand, educate yourself as a business owner. It's the same thing that we would say to you know, parents are asking or people just in general, like, what, where do we start? And we're just like the first place is at home. But for a business owner, the first place is understanding and educating yourself. Like you can't fully show up for your team if you have no idea what's going on. Right. Um, yeah. And then once you, once you feel like you have at least a uh, understanding, then you can talk with your team and figure out how you can best show up for them. Um, we, Des and I have spoken at length at how to be an ally in the workplace, and we always have a disclaimer that we are not the only, like, the total voice for the entire Black community. You know, uh, some things that offend me don't offend Des, or some preferences that I have aren't Des's preference, and, and likewise with our team. And so knowing that, knowing, having an understanding, knowing what is helpful for your team, um, that is a great place to start, because you might not have a 
a pulse on, you know, your, maybe your environment and having those conversations with the people of color in your environment would be helpful for you to make any adjustments that are needed with respect to internally and what's going on with your business. Um, that's where I would say to first start. That's one of the reasons why we took, gave our team time off because we were showing up um, on social and having Zooms for anyone that wanted to join to be able to have these conversations and figure out how do you show up in the workplace right now amidst the Black Lives Matter movement. And that's exhausting, you know, doing that work and having these conversations and reliving your lived experiences and your trauma and explaining it to people who look like the people who have caused those traumas. That's hard. It's really difficult. It was hard for me. It was hard for Des. It was hard for everyone on our team to do, but we knew that that was what we're called to do. Um, in addition to providing branding, public relations and marketing services, educating people in the, in that space with current events and digital trends that are going on, not to, that's not to say that the movement is a trend, but we talk about trends and this is something that everyone needs to adapt to. Um, and that was just, you know, really difficult. And so when we post our team on it, Des and I knew that we were both feeling away and feeling exhausted and tired and unmotivated. And just like, you know, as you would when you're dealing with trauma, everyone else is feeling that same way too. And we said, you know what, in order for us to best show up for our clients, everyone needs some time to deal and, and do what they need to do to be able to show up better for everyone else. Yeah, um, we did it like a few, a few times in a week, I think. One day was a day for, um, you know, like, how do you want to show up personally? We're going to work and do the education work for our clients for half of the day. And the other half, like, if you want to show up for, you know, the Black community by going out and protest, go do that. You have the rest of the day off. If you want to show up and just journal at home all day or figure out where you're going to donate or whatever that is, go do that. Um, and then for the rest of the week, they were just able to, like, have those mental days. Um, but we did ask for them to, like, you know, put put in this work and then we get it. We know you need a break because we're tapped out too. We understand. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so much that you said here, right? I mean, because in order to give your people time off work, that costs money, right? So we've got to be willing to put some dollars behind this. You also talked about the individualizing, right? Really understanding your people, what they need, um, giving them examples of ways that they can lean in and care for themselves, right? When you talk about showing up for the movement or journaling or figuring out what cause you're going to support financially. Um, and then also, I think, what's important here about the education piece is that you two understood because you are black women, um, the exhaustion associated with what's happening in the world. And so in order for other people to understand it without that lived experience, that's where education and really having thoughtful conversations with their people become that much more important because we know what we know and we're going to be blinded by the things that we don't know, which is in part how we got here. You know, I say often that if we want to see something, we can see it. And if we, and if we don't want to see it, we have a lot of reasons why we, we can't see it in part because our, our lived experience, but knowledge can be the buffer for that. Uh, and so I just, I love that you're leading by design and you know, you're, you're modeling this, you're designing this as you go, you're responding as you go, um, and you're making a mark as you go. And so uh, is there anything further to, that you want to leave with our audience before we wrap up our interview and uh, listen to how they can stay in touch with you? 
Um, yeah, so we are just, you know, we want to be involved with community as best as we can. We have a, a podcast and it's educational about anything in the marketing, branding and public relations space, but we also cover like what's relevant and what's, what's recent and what's happening in the world and how that applies to, you know, your business or your personal brand. Um, and the name of the podcast is called The Label. Um, and then also we'd go live every Monday and Thursday at... 9 a.m. Sorry, I had to think about it. And that's 9 a.m. Pacific, right? Yes, 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Um, And you can follow us on social, ask us any questions. Like, we are always in our DMs. Um, Ask us any questions, and our social is creative.label. All right, wonderful. Ladies, it has been such a pleasure to have you on. Um, I know it's been a long time coming, but it was well worth the wait. Uh, I will continue to be looking out for your work. I'll probably tune in to um, some of these lives that you're doing. Um, If not myself, then definitely one of my team members. Um, And audience, I love you guys so much. I appreciate you being here, a part of the Be Well Beautiful Woman tribe. Again, make sure that you check out that Healing Into Power series and share it with every single Black person you know, Black men, Black women, um, and non-gender conforming as well. That's going to be July 8th through the 16th. We'll have two to three workshops every single day eastern standard time and that is totally free of charge and if you haven't already check out our website at bewellbeautifulwoman.com follow us on social media at the letter b well beautiful that's on twitter and instagram and make sure you like our facebook page at be well beautiful woman until next time tribe ashe